frustrating mm. it can feel when a doctor says there's nothing wrong with you, but you're feeling all these physical sensations or these physical issues in your body. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Remind podcast. My name's David Masterton, and I'm joined by Dr. Ashley Morland. How are you going today, Ash? I'm awesome. Glad to be here as always. And today we're going to be talking about something a little bit different. We're going to be talking about the nervous system, which is not so different. That's been a fairly common theme here. But we're talking about what could be the nervous system versus what could be something more physical that's yeah. going on in, in your body, as opposed to everything that you feel is a nervous system. So intriguing now yeah. I'm, no, I'm no doctor so i'm gonna hand it over to the doctor on this one i've come across lots of questions around this so something that i get asked all the time is how do you know if the problem is actually nervous system dysregulation versus a real medical issue that needs attention right and the really interesting thing is that quite often i will have people in initial consultations say to me I literally went to the hospital. I was having these physical symptoms, these physical manifestations. I went to the hospital because I thought I was having like a heart attack or something. And the hospital did all of these tests, all these scans, blood tests, you name it. They did it all. And I was totally fine. And how frustrating mm. it can feel when a doctor says there's nothing wrong with you, but you're feeling all these physical sensations or these physical issues in your body. And so that is the first hint at that mind-body connection. And so my, my first thing when I have people come to me with potential issues is we have a duty of care. First of all, let's rule anything else out. If you haven't already, go to your primary care doctor. Go and actually get some blood tests, some scans. Go and rule out every other possible medical condition. And for me personally, I went undiagnosed with a brain tumor for many years. And so mm. I was having symptoms and having all these issues and doctors were treating the symptoms of the issue without actually ever diving deeper to understand, okay, if we had have just figured out way back then there was a brain tumor at the root of all this, then oh, we yeah. would have saved us a lot of hassle, right? Mm. So in terms of once you've ruled everything else out, if your heart is functioning well, if your brain scans, you might have EEG, you might have an MRI, you might have whatever it might be, if those are looking great, and that's not indicated for everyone, your doctor will decide if that's necessary. If your bloods come back and there's nothing to show, well, let's dive a bit deeper. Chances are, the nervous system, there's a mind-body issue going on here. So if something mm. is manifesting physically in the body, then it's highly likely that that's being driven by the mind. In terms of nervous system dysregulation and mental aspects, it's really important to understand that the nervous system is like the hardware of a computer and the mind is the software that tells the hardware what to do. And that's something that I find is so important for people to understand that quite often trying to fix the physical things in the body with physical things or physiological things like tablets or physiological approaches to health is not going to resolve their issue because their issue isn't physiological, it's mind 
it's metaphysical. So I think that's a really important point. I always advocate rule out the other stuff first. Okay. And when we talked about before, when we're sort of healing the nervous system, we've, we've circled back to trauma or triggers and all of that that are stored in the body. Mm-hmm. So if we talk about that, we've got the trauma stored in the body. The um, nervous system is like the hardware and the mind's the software. Yeah. Is it that we're using our mind to connect with the trauma in our body to help release it? Or is it the, the trauma triggers our nervous system that then goes to our mind that then what's sort of the, the flow that way? Well, look, I think you could look at it a few different ways. From my perspective, the mind acts as the filter. So the mind is is always scanning and searching our environment for perceived threats. And mm-hmm. that is interpreting data. It's interpreting data at a very fast, high level. Now, if anything in our environment is perceived as a threat, that tells the nervous system you need to activate. You need to activate that stress response. You need to go into a fight or flight or a freeze response. And an example of this might be um, someone doesn't respond to a text message. Now, for some people, their mind will interpret that. Their mind will overlay a story that says, I must have done something wrong or they don't like me anymore. Or something, the mind will overlay a story and assign meaning to that circumstance. Now, and would that would that be say from a trauma? It uh, could like be, a, yeah, like a traumatic response. So, for yeah. for example, you got someone who has what's a better word? So, like an anxious attachment style, yeah. or um, something like that. I'm not saying that in itself is a trauma, but let's just say that's something like that. And then every time you not you you sort of have a doubt that may be brought up by a trauma and then your mind goes like that and it's then validated by the fact that person hasn't messaged you yeah kind of so I think it's important to understand what I think what you're meaning when you say the word trauma is a memory from the past basically it's it's some kind of memory or emotional data encoded into the nervous system from a past experience Mm. and so our brain is think of AI AI is like a huge prediction machine. So, you know, the AI um, prediction, text prediction on your phone. Oh, predictive text, yeah. Yeah, chat GPT works in pretty much the same way. It's been trained on millions and millions of data points. It's been trained on text prediction at a very, very, very high level. And so all it's doing is it's using statistics based on past experiences of all the data it was trained on to very accurately predict what the next word in the sequence would be based upon the words that came before it. So it's a very, very high level text predictor, right? Mm. So our an AI is modeled off the human brain. So the human brain is just a prediction machine. All it's trying to do is it's trying to predict the most likely outcome based upon what it was trained with. And if our mind was trained with experiences where we were not loved, where we were um, seen and not heard, or whether whatever our past experiences were, and it's also important to understand that those experiences don't even have to be our own. We can observe other people's, we can observe societies, we can observe things that happen in movies or shows. 
But any of those past experiences that we've been exposed to, either through lived experience or observed experience, becomes the data that our mind was trained on that drives the prediction of how we interpret things in the future. And so that's really all there is to it. And and would you say by extension that when we talk about sort of triggers or traumas, that they're there to protect us based on the fact that we are trying to predict what's happening next? Yeah, absolutely. So It's in our best interest for our survival to have a hyper-focus on predicting things that are threats. So that's why we do have, as humans, we tend to have a negativity bias and we have a negativity bias because negative things can kill us. If we were oblivious to all the negative things in the world or the negative potential Mm. threats and all we were focused on was the rainbows and butterflies and all the good stuff, yeah, there's very high risk that we will miss the threat and that will be ultimately. Yeah. It's like the (laughs) tiger in survival. It's like the tiger in the bush. Or just exactly. it's the last thing you see or last yeah, thing you hear. Yeah. So I think that is really important to know. So based upon our thoughts, actions, and behaviors that we have now, based upon the things that trigger us, based upon the things that make us feel hurt or offended or frustrated, those frustrations, those hurts, those triggers all give us insight into what the training data was in the mind that led to that filter system Mm. okay so getting back to the 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 top of the 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 question when is it kind of nervous system versus physical symptoms because Mm -hmm. as you said before if you're getting into a panic attack because your nervous system is overwhelmed somehow whether you're reliving something or there's some sort of anxiety, it'll physically manifest, heart palpitations, yeah. cold sweats, all of those type of things. How, how, how can we discern between, okay, there's, there's something up with the heart, but then you're panicking about that versus it's the actual panic leading it or yeah. something along, along I, those natures? Yeah, I think there's a couple of important points there. The first is rule out the physical stuff and the Western medical system is very good at that because that's all it's trained in it's Mm. only trained in the physical stuff so it can measure it can assess it can do all those things it can scan it can do all that if all of that comes back as there's no obvious reason at a physical level that's causing the symptoms that you're experiencing well then you straight away know that there has to be something mental going on now The extension of that is then thinking about, okay, for some physical things, they can be uh, as a result of nervous system dysregulation. A further extension of that is just because the nervous system is dysregulated doesn't mean to say the only thing that's affecting it is the mind because our environment affects our nervous system. So if we think about every single input into our body from all the senses, what we listen to, what we watch, what we consume, then consumption practices come about. So we think about, okay, what else can cause nervous system dysregulation? Well, chemicals and chemicals in food is a really, really big one. Um, You've got, you know, uh, artificial colors, artificial flavors, even naturally occurring food chemicals. So for instance, um, 
a lot of people will have sensitivities to things like salicylates, which are very, very high in fruits and vegetables, particularly as they ripen. Um, You've got things like amines. My son in particular was very affected by amines and they are very high concentrations in things like bananas and pork products. Crazy, but naturally occurring. These are naturally occurring chemicals. And so that um, we did a food chemical elimination, which was designed by the RPA hospital the allergy unit of the RPA hospital, which was specifically designed to identify intolerances that had been developed at a, I guess, kind of like a neuroimmune level in a sense. Um, But basically, if you imagine the gut like a big net, Mm -hmm. there are certain um, food chemicals or certain substances or certain things that are small enough to pass through the net. So imagine a fishing net, you've got the tiny little fish that can swim through the holes in the net. Yeah, yeah. But if that net is intact, there are fish that should not pass through that net. They're too big, mm-hmm. right? And so we've got this um, this gut and the lining of the gut. If you imagine that that is a net, sometimes if you've ever heard of the term leaky gut, what that means is it's like that net has a hole in it. And so there's food chemicals and, and certain structures that are passing through the net, which then means it passes the blood-brain barrier and it starts to affect our nervous system because it enters the bloodstream. So that is a really big one. And now that gut damage can come about from exposure to things like um, uh, medications. Medications mm-hmm. can have a really big impact on gut health. Taking antibiotics, vaccinations, um, chronic stress can affect our gut. And a lot of people, when they think about gut health, just think, oh, I'll take some probiotics, but that's not necessarily going to Mm. fix it. Because if you have dysbiosis as well in the gut, um, that dysbiosis causes problems because then you have the creation of gases and all this stuff that affects the nervous system. And the nervous system can then start to react to the probiotics so in our case, we had to use prebiotics to reestablish a healthier balance in the gut flora. And we did a protocol called the Nemechek protocol, which is, uh, we can pop that in the show notes, um, which is really about restoring autonomic function in that gut health. Mm. So that was really big. And so things like I think people have spoken before about elimination diets Mm -hmm. where if there's something that you're kind of feeling like you feel a bit, I don't know, or use the word anxious for a better word or something sort of, you know, a little bit of a nervous twitch. Think about have you just eaten, you know, maybe like an hour ago, what did you eat? Patterns. Um, Yeah. Keeping a diary can be really helpful. So looking at patterns, um, I would say amines, from my observations, amines and glutamates, even naturally occurring glutamates, like that's high in peas, you know. Glutamates can be high. People think of glutamate and they think of MSG. MSG is so bad for your nervous system, Mm. but there's naturally occurring glutamates that can affect your your body as well. Um, So those things are really important to consider. But even beyond that, that's the food side of it, but... If we eat something, we have filter systems in our body. Like we have organs whose specific job is to filter stuff. 
I would say a bigger priority for me above and beyond even what we eat is what we put on our skin because our skin does not have a filter system. It's the biggest organ that we have in our whole entire body. And sometimes I think we take that for granted. So in terms of from a nervous system perspective, we are extremely conscious of what we put on our skin from mm. not. Uh, so we use a brand of body products called Dermavine. It's got no chemicals. It's, it's really safe. Um, so when it comes to shampoos, conditioners, body washes, soaps, cleaning Deod- products, deodorants, deodorants, perfumes. makeup, perfumes Mm. yeah we don't use perfumes at all if anything I might use some essential oils um cleaning products we're really diligent about what chemicals we have in our home and like even Mm. um washing the floor if you're washing the floor and you're using chemicals and then you walk on bare feet those chemicals get absorbed through your feet through Mm. the skin um doing the dishes even the washing powder that you use to wash your clothes which then you wear the clothes that sit on your skin and your skin absorbs the chemicals in the clothes the types of clothes that you're buying and if there's dyes in them and like all that kind of stuff you can you can go pretty hardcore with it yikes Um, well i mean unless we're going to walk around naked never shower and never clean our house it sounds pretty frightening but I mean, it obviously, there's there's levels. There's levels that you're talking about. Yeah, I suppose you're you're saying this to sort of raise an awareness about these things. If you're finding that you're feeling heightened a lot of the time, because the yeah. the whole thing we're talking about is when is it nervous system, and we talk and we deep dive over the last you know forty or so episodes about trauma and about healing and about mm-hmm. all of those things which are within. Mm-hmm. What we're sort of taking in this sort of short episode is, okay, that is a large part of it. And eight times out of 10, you're going to have these things you need to work through. But there are other other things which turn on and stimulate the nervous system, yeah. which makes you feel that way. Yep. And also not to just think that every little thought or every little feeling in your body is down the nervous system. There could mm-hmm. be a biological thing that's going on which is okay go see a doctor if you're having tightness in your chest don't assume it's anxiety from a mental cause go and get it checked out go and make sure you don't have some kind of underlying heart issue and if the heart doctor best case scenario the heart doctor says your heart is perfectly fine then you can go Mm. oh okay i've eliminated that physical issue i think that's really important and on the flip side of it if you if you feeling like you've got a tight chest and there's nothing you can do about it, try some measures that actually help to calm you as though you do have anxiety. Mm-hmm. That's okay, but not not if don't do it in case of your body's kind of telling you you might need to hit the triple zero or 911. Yeah. What, what, whatever it is, don't let it be the overriding thing. Yes, have these tools in the toolbox, but don't just exclusively use them like there yeah. are. As a human being, we have a whole number of things that can affect our well-being. Yeah. In this channel, we focus a lot about mental health and, and trauma and, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, mind-body. Yeah. But there is still this this other thing. Yeah. And-, and actually, this side of it came first for me. So understanding the environmental side of mm. this came way before the mind-body stuff came and I think the reason that I don't focus on it much anymore is because in my own life, 
I mean, getting your physical environment sorted out in terms of knowing what food foods you want to eat, knowing what chemicals you use in your home, all that sort of stuff is kind of a, a once and done thing. You know what foods you're going to buy. You know what body products you use. You know that your house is is a safe environment. So for me, I, I think that's a really cool starting point because once mm. you really do know what you're doing there, it just becomes a lifestyle. It's not something you have to be constantly conscious of. Whereas the mind-body stuff is an always evolving thing. Mm. It's not a one and done. It's a lifetime journey that extends way beyond just a little bit of education and execution. So hopefully this gives people a little bit of a starting point. And I also want to support you in knowing you don't have to do it all. Just start somewhere. Just start with one thing. You might go, okay, I'm going to focus on, on body products. Yeah. Start researching the chemicals. Avoid parabens. Avoid the the anything with numbers in it. Avoid that. And if you can just set one goal at a time, when you find a product that works for you and you like it, it's done. You never have to think about it again unless they stop making the product. <laughs> so just chip away at it. Don't feel like you have to do the whole thing at once. Otherwise, that becomes a stressor. Yeah. And work towards having an environment that's conducive to to better health. Mm. And just before we wrap up, I mean, for me, when I first started this awareness, there's a couple of fragrances I absolutely love, right? Yeah. Hugo Boss, um, like the sport or the, the man, whatever you want to call it, amazing. And the other one was Dracon Noir. And I've been using these forever because they're really classic fragrances. Then after a while, as I'm spraying them on, I started to feel just like a little bit yucky. And then at that point, I didn't want to realize it, but at that point I had to stop wearing them. And then I just decided to go down um, natural deodorant yeah, and go yeah. from, and go and go from there. So we're not saying you have to change everything. It's just that awareness of, okay, and just start the journey. Just start the journey. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, I prefer to use essential oils for my scenting now. Um, and even then, not essential oils that you get from the cheap shop. Um, my personal preference is doTERRA only because their testing is so meticulous. And I can put in the batch code of every single oil that I have in my box and pull up the proper testing to show that it's 100% pure, unadulterated, and that was really important to me when I was a consumer of what, when I was purchasing. So yeah, okay. it's really important to understand where your products come from, how they're processed, if they're adulterated, and generally if it's cheap and nasty, it's cheap and nasty. You get what you pay for. Yeah, to an extent, <laughs> <laughs> to an extent. Yep. So hopefully All this right. is helpful. Hopefully this is just a short, sharp little thing mm. that can get people thinking about what they want to do in their lifestyle and their home and yeah absolutely all right ash it's been wonderful everyone we'll catch you next week yeah see you later bye-bye